There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price, who's going to be joining us Hello. here in just a little bit. See you guys in a minute. Jim, we'll talk to you here soon. But first, we're going to Dr. Kirk Elliott, the dual PhD economist. And this man has been one busy gentleman the last uh, few months, the last few years, because our economy is taking a dump. Right now, we have the debt ceiling being discussed. The Democrats and the Republicans cannot come to a a compromise here. And potentially, I think we have like $86 billion left within the Treasury Fund. Uh, that's got to fund the government through the end of the year. That's not going to happen. It looks like we're probably going to default before Jan- June 1st. Kirk, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you doing? Oh, man, busy as ever hey, you can imagine. Yeah. It, you know, I am too, like you said. It's just been a wild journey, but it, it you know the sadly the the economy just stinks under Biden's administration. It just there's no bones about it. it. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And now, you know, you alluded to the the, the debt ceiling talks and and even I mean the stalemate, right? The the Democrats and Republicans aren't agreeing, and and over the last couple of weeks, McCarthy's been blustering, saying, oh. The debt ceiling, you know, we we can't raise this thing. It's 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 awful. It's it's mortgaging out our, our future and blah blah blah. But but in the past, we've heard political comments like that as as the two sides debate. And what do they do? They always raise the debt ceiling. They always raise it because the defaulting to a currently sitting politician means ooh, the economy failed under my watch. Right. And, and nobody wants that, especially in the, the pre kind of election season that's coming up. Nobody wants that on their resume that, yeah, I stunk at managing the economy with the rest of Congress and uh, we ran out of money and we defaulted. Right. And so <laughs> nobody wants that, which is why they keep kicking the can down the road. So on, like on other shows that I've been doing this week, it's like, OK, they're they're going to fight back and forth, and they're ultimately going to raise the debt ceiling. I mean, this is what my prediction was. Well, we don't know yet what's going to happen, but just this morning, Biden and McCarthy um, basically said the U.S. won't default, um, but debt talks are just inching forward, right? But they both said it's not going to default. So then uh, presidential nominee Mike Pence, former vice president under Trump, basically came and said it'd be disastrous if if we defaulted on the debt. We we can't do this. And and this is five days after President Trump came out and said, Let let's default. We gotta let this thing default. We can't keep printing money. We can't keep doing this. We can't just keep getting a free pass at, at Congress keep spending and spending and spending. He said it we'll let it default. Right? So so now You've got this opposition going back and forth and back and forth. And then Janet Yellen, um, again, is saying, I mean, she's pushing hard to, to 
get get Congress to actually uh, basically increase the debt ceiling because she warned yesterday of broken markets, disrupted services, and this debt ceiling pressure that, that's mounting. Um, and this was basically her most dire warning yet about the debt ceiling. And she said a default would crack open the foundations upon which our financial system is built. And so what did she go on to say? What she said was kind of interesting in the fact that she's now kind of sounding a little bit like um, David Stockman, Reagan's budget director, because she said if they don't raise the debt ceiling, the stock market could come down 45%. Well, okay, I agree with her, but it has nothing to do with the debt ceiling. (laughs) That The stock market is collapsing because of lowering wages. People aren't spending money, higher taxes higher interest rates to slow down inflation that they're all creating. I mean, but they're passing the buck, right? So they're now it's turned into political speech saying, Hey, Republicans, if you don't, if you don't extend the debt ceiling, the stock market's going to crash. Well, it's like, wait a second, stock market's going to crash anyways, because of your policies that we've had for the last few years. Right. But, but now it's turned into this political hot potato and and here's what I think. I think that they're just that they're going to extend the debt ceiling. They're going to raise it, and it's going to be the same old, same old. More and more inflation, rising interest rates to slow down that inflation because this is going to be more trillions more dollars coming. Because I don't think I don't think politicians are going to do the right thing here, Josh. I mean, I might be wrong, right? But but I don't think that they're going to actually do what you and I would do as husbands as family members it's like if we had a budget crisis in our family we'd sit down at the dinner table talk to our spouses and say hey look we're spending we've been spending like drunken sailors um our income's not going up we we just need to curtail our spending we just have to cut some stuff out what should we cut right i mean that's a normal conversation that people that don't have a printing press would have well government needs to pretend like they don't have a printing press but they're not going to, right? Because the reality is they still do have a printing press and they're just going to keep selling us out and, and basically mortgaging future generations, just like what Trump said. You know, it's like this is, this is devastating. This is why we can't raise the debt ceiling. Somebody's got to put a stop to this. But politicians don't want to do that right before an election cycle because then they basically admit their failure is, is how it looks. Well... In the b- deeper revelation here is what happens if they do default? That, that's the real question, I think, that are on, that's on a lot of Americans' minds, is if they do default and the government shuts down, what can we expect to happen in the bond market? Oh, boy. So that's a really good question, and this is why none of them want that to happen. Because if you default, what are you defaulting on? You're defaulting on our debt obligations. People who own our U.S. treasuries aren't going to get paid back, right? So, so ultimately, that's the end result. So um, who owns our treasuries? Well, Japan owns the most. China owns the second most. You know, we're talking about countries here. Ultimately, the Federal Reserve owns the most of our U.S. Treasury obligations. So you, we default. The Fed gets hit hard because that's all just a bad loan at that point. They're not getting paid back. But the other ones are bigger um, in, in the sense of China's, you know, head of the BRICS nations, basically. They are nuclear superpower. 
And when you steal, that's the equivalent of stealing money out of their wallet. They're going to get ticked, right? So, so now you've got geopolitical conflict with Japan. I mean, they already kind of thumbed their nose at the United States and the G7 nations when they violated the accord that was signed to, to cap the price of Russian oil at $60 a barrel. It's, you know, when they put a boycott on Russian oil, and they said, well, we know this is what we agreed to. This was back in December, Josh. And they, but they said, we're just going to buy Russian oil for political purposes, right? They've got Russia's a, a BRICS nation. China's a BRICS nation. China's right across the South China Sea from Japan. You know, it's just sitting over there breathing down their neck with this big bully, political bully, military bully. Of course, Japan was going to say, oh, we don't want this political conflict. Ugh. All right, let's just buy Russian, Russian oil, right? So, so you've got this, this, they've already kind of started to sever their relationship with the West. But if we defaulted on our debt, we would really sever that relationship with Japan and everybody else who owns U.S. Treasuries. But who else owns U.S. Treasuries? Well, pension funds state pension funds, the, the federal pension funds, you know, the thrift savings program, heavily allocated into U.S. treasuries and bonds. Well, who else is? Banks are, right? We've already got a banking crisis. We've already got banks that are folding because why? Why do banks fail? Well, because they have more withdrawals than they do deposits. I mean, that's the bottom line. So they, they run out of money. Well, when their investments start to hit the skids, they're going to have even less money so this is a domino effect that would ripple throughout the world, financially, politically, geopolitically, and just be an absolute nightmare. Um, and and we, would, we would sever relationships with allies or worsen relationships with enemies. And, I mean, that's the end result of defaulting. But here's the thing. It's the right thing to do for our kids and for our grandkids and for the future of America you just can't keep living on borrowed money and other people's money and expect that everything is going to be okay. Well, the big problem that I'm seeing, and I know we got to go to break here in a second. The big problem that I'm seeing is the defaulting on the bond payments. So correct me if I'm wrong, but what happens when the government shuts down is they no longer can pay the interest on those bonds as well. Is that correct? Correct. So you have all these banks that are underwater currently because of the bonds that they bought, the long-term bonds, and we've already seen some of them fail because of it, and now when they don't have interest payments coming in, oh, this is going to be bad. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back with the Dark Delight Show. So, Kurt, if the government defaults, and these banks, which are already underwater, most of them in a very, very tight place, and they no longer are getting paid the interest, even though it's less than a dollar, uh, pennies on the dollar, um, how many banks are going to go bust? Oh, my word. Um, <laughs> most of them. I mean, technically, it, it should be most of them because banks, see, when... Okay, we go back to last year, and the Fed did what's called the reverse repo mechanism, where they pulled two and a half trillion dollars of liquidity out of the banking system 
And what did banks get in exchange for the money that had to leave their bank branches and go back to the Fed? Well, the Fed gave them these worthless U.S. Treasuries, right? So banks across the country threw a $2.5 trillion worth, which is a lot. I mean, that you're pushing almost 10% of the total national debt in this one reverse repo mechanism have U.S. Treasuries in exchange for the cash that was taken out that they don't have to lend out to people, right? So, so that's a lot of Treasuries. Now, that was just with that one event. But banks already had U.S. Treasuries prior to that, too. So a default would be devastating for the banks. And, and technically, it would impact pretty much all banks because banks own U.S. Treasuries, right, as a large portion of their portfolio. And so this would be not just have geopolitical ramifications. It would have political ramifications. It would have economic ramifications and financial ones going all the way down to people in the safety of their checking and savings accounts. Not to mention, look what would happen to state and government pension plans that are heavily allocated into the bond market through U.S. Treasuries. I mean, they're already underwater. I mean, out of the 50 states, you know, there's probably 46 of them where their state pensions will go insolvent over the next 30 years. I mean, that would exacerbate that. That would intensify that. I mean, this, you know, I'm trying, I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not, I'm not being exceptionally mean about it. It's just the reality. This, this will not be a good thing, which is why it is such a political hot potato, but our own bank accounts are going to come at risk. And that should be the one thing that, that people think is the safest asset in the world. It's, they're out of the stock market. They're out of the bond market. They've just got cash sitting on the sideline. Completely false. Banks invest in the same thing you and I do, right? It's just hidden in this ledger entry that you call your checking account. And they say that you have it. That's what fractional reserve banking is, is all about. Well, they don't, you don't have it. You hope to have it, and they're hoping and praying that not everybody comes back wanting deposits out at the same time because they don't have enough capital on hand, right? So, so when they invest in the same thing you and I do, they're even more at risk because a lot of times banks are leveraged. Look at, look at J.P. Morgan Chase, $50 trillion worth of derivatives debt. Bank of, Bank of America and Citibank you know, in the $20 trillion range, Wells Fargo in the $13 trillion range of derivatives debt exposure. And a lot of this is debt-based instruments, derivatives, and and you have a a default on U.S. Treasuries. Imagine a default on U.S. Treasuries that's leveraged. That's that's the issue that we've got with a lot of the big banks. Now, Kirk, there was a video circulating of the Minister of Treasury in Canada and what she was talking about was trying to avoid a default in Canada and how to get their economy back on, on track. And, and they're having some inflation problems as well. And she said that the majority of Canadians have amples of amount of money within their savings accounts. And we're hoping that we can use that money to provide our economic recovery in Canada. To me, that sounds like the government in Canada is going to seek to seize the money in people's savings accounts. Very similar to what happened in 1934 in the United States of America, where 
right after the 20-year anniversary of the Federal Reserve, which the charter was up for renewal, the United States tried to pull out. They came back at them and basically called in all the loans. The United States went bankrupt and then had to go out and confiscate all the gold from the American citizens. Um, what do we potentially see with something like that happening in the United States of America if these banks begin to start crashing? Could we see the nationalization of the banks and the government kind of seizing that money in the name of democracy? Well, yeah, we could, and that's not a far-fetched plan, right? We've seen so we've seen what happened in France over the last couple of months when when President Macron said, "Hey, we're going to raise everybody's retirement age. You can't get your benefits now. People who are just getting ready to retire, it's like." Nope, we raised the age. You, you can't get them for, for a while. Well, revolts, rioting, picketing, you know, cops knocking young people, old people down in the streets. All they wanted was their money. It's not like that's an entitlement of sorts. It's a mandatory payment. People pay into Social Security their whole lives, right? And so they expect to get something out of it. Well, what you had just said, there was an article on, on Bloomberg Markets, um, by a uh, hedge fund manager and, and macroeconomic guru, Hugh Hendry. Well, he said, you know, in, in a news interview on, on Bloomberg, mass panic and capital flight away from the U.S. banking sector is entirely justified. You know, so, and why did he say that? Because the M2 money supply, which in part tracks money in liquid checking accounts, could convince the U.S. government's to step in and prevent citizens from actually taking their capital out of the banking system to avoid a bank run. So already M2 money supply is decreasing. And what they're seeing is like what they saw in, in France, these different austerity measures of, hey, let's, let's, I mean, they're actually talking about now. It hasn't gotten to the floor for a vote. It's not even in committee, but politicians are starting to talk about it to do the same thing that they did in France. Hey, let's maybe raise the retirement age. Let's lower benefits for retirees, right? These austerity measures that are coming in. But, but back when we had a, the big financial crisis of the Great Depression, what did they do? They confiscated people's gold. Well, because gold was basically a fungible currency. At the time, it was backing the U.S. dollar. We had a gold-backed currency. We don't have that anymore. So what's the, the equivalent of confiscating people's gold? telling them that they can't take money out of their banks. So can you imagine, with what happened in France when people, they, all they did was raise the retirement age, imagine what happens when, when the U.S. government may freeze American bank withdrawals as currency panic and capital flight mounts. I mean, this could be civil unrest like nothing we've ever seen. Well, this isn't a foreign concept. I mean, in Nigeria... They, they limited people's withdrawals to, to $40 a month, a month when they need $40 a week to live on just because they wanted to force people into their central bank digital currency. The point is governments will do almost anything to save their currency and to save their political structure, and I could easily see them freezing people's bank accounts to stop a bank run. And would that stop a bank run? Sure it would. If, you, if you're telling people they can't take money out, that is what a bank run is. But what's the, what's the domino effect of that? Complete civil unrest. Yeah, sure, you stopped a bank run, but you stopped everybody from living. I mean, this is basically the scenario that they're actually talking about and considering. Oi, Kirk, this isn't good. So 
what can people do to protect themselves? Because I know that's what you and your firm do is you help people kind of get out of that system and, and, yeah. and set up a way to preserve their wealth. So tell me about this. So getting out of the system, you know, it's just, you know, it just means don't be a digital slave in somebody's digital world. Don't have assets that are at risk. Well, how do you do that in a world where everything's connected? Well, if you had a private asset like gold, like silver, that you took delivery of, it's private ownership, it's a thing, it's not a digit, right? You're, you're actually getting out of this paper digital system of which is, is falling apart because banks are mismanaging funds. Even having money in the bank isn't safe like it used to be, right? So, so therefore, you reallocate into strength, you reallocate into something that's private, into something that's real, and that's why we're seeing the the absolute massive growth that we're seeing in silver over the last, not just three weeks or over the last six months, but over the last three years, it's exploding. Well, other markets are coming down. Silver is going up as a flight for quality, as in a function of things go up with inflationary pressures. That's how I would protect myself. Well, I agree. And I think people need to go out there and start looking into getting gold and silver into their homes, into their safe, safes. Uh, what, what do they say? They say gold and silver and brass to protect my ASS, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> people, you, you, you need to get ready because we are on the brink of complete economic collapse here in this country. And this is being led. This isn't being stopped. This is being led by our politicians in this country who are allowing this to happen. There is no coincidence that we saw all these banks crash and now we have this debt crisis that is occurring, this default crisis that's occurring in our government. Get out to Dr. Kirk Elliott. Take this number down. 720-605-3900. Give them a call. Leave them a message. They will get a hold of you or go to getgoldtoday.com. Getgoldtoday.com. Dr. Kirk Elliott, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you here next week. And we'll be back with more Dr. Light Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. Jim Price. What's up, buddy? How we doing? I'm all right, man. Doing good. Um, there was something I was really – there was something very clever I came up with early, and, and uh, it's gone now. So that was it. That was my day. <laughs> Is it uh, the unified theory, uh, field theory to uh, quantum physics that involves uh, gravity and allow us to – create and make uh, anti-gravitic technology and have infinite energy. Well, that's what bees do. So, yeah, we got that. Why not? Oh, we, we got I think it's that. amazing. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was um, – I, I think it has a lot to do with this whole default thing and and how we're we're all perceiving this as some kind of failure. And, and I really – I'll tell you right now, just go home. You know, go home, federal government. I mean, you guys are going to pay yourself anyway. So why don't we do this? We'll give you a year's severance. That'll give you 25 million people to figure out something to do in the next year. We'll give you a year's severance. We're going to cut off, you know, we're going to pay out the last of the federal retirement stuff. And you guys just all go home. Like, literally, just go home. We're done. We're not, we're not going to do this anymore. Just turn off the lights. We're going to default whatever on whatever day you imagine is the day that somehow it defaults or whatever magical potion you put in your coffee in the morning that makes you 
think up the weirdest crap on earth to say we're going to default on denim rectangles and uh boy whew, the world's going to stop turning well, why don't we do this whole uh, why don't we do some y2k for a minute like wh- why don't we do that for the next few days let's y2k it up let's all freak out let's all worry about our computers not rolling over the right way because somehow some way these denim rectangles that we somehow have created value for is not going to be able to pay its debt the debt the, the fictitious debt is not going to be able to pay the fictitious debt off and uh, so why don't you guys wait, just, wait, go hold on, hold on. just go home just go home we're done i'm i'm tired of it Give me no. this logic. Here. No. How, how can no, no. debt pay off debt? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so go home. We don't need you. We don't. I don't even want to have this conversation ever again. And Josh, I'm just telling you, I quit the federal government. I quit today. Is is my? By the way, I'm, I'll call it out. It's my birthday today, and I quit the federal government on my birthday. And I hope a bunch of you would celebrate. May seventeenth is going down in history, as you've all, you've all just quit the federal government. We're done. We're outsy. We're out. Audi five thousand. Whatever you want. Whatever catchphrase gets you there. I'm just. I'm. I'm done. I, I'm hey, so, so over this. Like we're gonna. We're gonna not be able to pay her. You know the sun is. Woo. So green so energy. You notice Jim is a little fired up today, and that is because <laughs> it's his 29th birthday. It's Jim 29th birthday. Squared. <laughs> Squared. I hate. I got another 70 birthdays to go. I, I That's my goal. 122. So I got another 70 birthdays to go. 122. So you guys do the math from there. Yeah. You know, it, in yeah. your current medical and technological state, I don't know if I want to live to 122. But yeah. if our yeah, technology definitely increases and mm-hmm. becomes um, more technologically advanced where 122 is, is feeling good, um, yep. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to live to 122. But uh, happy birthday, Jim Price, for everybody out there oh, who's yeah. wondering. You guys that can guy. go ahead and send him a uh, um, a nice uh, message there at the, thejimpriceshow.com. But yeah, uh, happy birthday, Jim. Happy birthday. Yeah. And, and, you know, for Thank your you. birthday, what I've given you is a corrupt, I, I, I get to quit government. my government? <laughs> yeah, Nothing? I've I, given you a corrupt, complicit government that has huh? uh, cooed this, uh, the last administration that has huh? committed acts of treason and sedition, utilizing the Department of Justice and the intelligence community against the American citizens. And right now, uh, both parties, the uni party, aligned mm-hmm. with the incompetent, illegitimate president of the United States, are about to default the federal government, and crash banks globally. Um, so I give that to you on your birthday because you know what? That's, yeah, what, this, that's what you deserve, man. This Let's make this a international holiday. Um, Jim Price's birthday is now going to be I Quit the Fed uh, holiday. We all just divorced or quit. Just We're not going to play anymore, and uh, we're just going to go home. We're taking our ball. We're going home, guys. And it's, Here's the thing. If the Fed wasn't there, would you miss it? I mean, seriously, when is the last time you're like, man, I need me some Fed? I need a big old bucket of Fed, man. I haven't had some, <laughs> I haven't had some, I haven't had some Fed in a day or two, man. I gotta you get me a some big Fed. Fed. Hey, you know, yeah. So- wait, what are we having for dinner tonight? Well, we're having Fed, man. I just love me some Fed. I mean, what, Josh, think about it. if they left your life today, are you gonna miss them? You know, are what? You gonna I was miss actually them? thinking about this last night. I said, you know, what would the world be like? If we had no government, no federal government involved in our lives, and do you have, yeah. did you ever watch Family Guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, do you remember the episode where they were um, talking about what happens if the Irish never discovered whiskey? 
Oh, no, I missed that one. And, and uh, they're in a futuristic world, and they're like, right. they got flying cars. They're living like the Jetsons in complete peace. <laughs> oh, no. but, nice. but, but it, 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 that's the vision that came into my head is if we had no federal government, if the states basically operated oh, we would be. what the 10th Amendment actually meant, what was competitive nature amongst the states in the sense of laws, mm-hmm. legislation, and economics – and the federal government yep. was just very, very limited in its proneness, then what we would have is peace and prosperity. We would have probably we would. Not, not the wealthiest country on the planet, but the wealthiest people on the planet. And oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it would be absolutely amazing because there would be – millionaires would be a commonplace. Billionaires would be like nothing. It would be easy because if the system was made – beneficial to the people, beneficial to people that just come to this country and succeed and thrive, because that's what right. it was founded to be, then we would have massive prosperity and technological advancement as well, because innovation tends to follow that prosperity and, and that level of, uh, of success that occurs. And so that was the vision that came into my head when I thought about that. And it's just so true that right now our biggest enemy in this country is the federal government. And it, it, we want to think that it's the Democrats. Right. But we have to understand is that there's a shadow government, a deep state that hides behind our actual government. Now, this deep right. state is bipartisan people. It's Democrat, it's Republican, it's neocon, it, it's fascist, it's communist, it's everything that you can imagine. That's who's within this bureaucracy. And uh, right now, the powering faction, the majority powering faction in that deep state is liberal, is Democrat, and it's pushing us towards socialism. When the neocons get back in power of it, and this is what Pompeo and them were trying to do, it'll start moving to fascism because it's going to go to the extremes because they want power and control. Now, Jim, our elections don't matter. And, And I know I'm talking about 2024. Like, hopefully we can get another miracle like we did in 2016 and Donald Trump can get elected. I think that that is going to happen. But... We just had two elections for mayors that mm-hmm. occurred in the United States. Firstly, Colorado Republicans lose conservative stronghold they've held for 45 years. Colorado Springs mayoral race against veteran mm-hmm. Republican Wayne Williams um, on the May 16th runoff. Um, he lost to uh, wow. uh, Mabolade. Mabalade, Yemi Mabalade was elected uh, mayor of Colorado Springs on Tuesday night. Now, Colorado Springs is interesting because this is a Republican stronghold. This is this is an Air Force base, an Army base. This is NORAD. Yeah. This is military. Yeah. There is yeah. almost no way that this man could have won. I'm sorry. It, right. it just doesn't right. happen there. No, well, then, not in that district. <laughs> yeah, not in that district. Then we yeah. have... Democrat Donna Deegan, former television anchor and founder of charity group that works with breast cancer victims, upset Republican Daniel Davis to win the mayoral race in Jacksonville, Florida. No. He was a DeSantis-endorsed candidate in Florida's largest city. So guess what, guys? It's still happening. It's still going forward. Mm -hmm. They are still stealing elections. They understand the power of local politics and what that actually means. And they're going to continue to do what they do. We have to remove these people through and through. And, you know, right now we have the Durham report that just came out the other day. Right, Jim? And with the Durham report that came out, no convictions. Nobody was prosecuted. Nothing. No. So my thing is that are you telling me for as as great as Durham is, and I wanted this as a little side note on that, is that – as great as Durham is, he spent four years of his life and only produced 300 and some pages. There's more to this that's coming, and I really do believe there is more. Um, but I, I just can't imagine this was it. After four years, 
This is what we're. What about the three hundred and some thousand sealed federal indictments that are sitting out there? What are those? What are those about? We don't oh, have that sealed. conversation anymore. They're sealed, sir. Well, but that, they they can be executed, right? Um, well, here's the thing. Is, sealed just means they're not public. We we have no idea who those federal indictments are against. We had rumor right. that believed that they were against the deep state and so forth. But what we mm-hmm. have to understand is this. The reason John Durham did not prosecute these people or subpoena the witnesses that he needed mm-hmm. is because he was told to stand down. Now, you got to remember, uh, uh, Attorney General Barr is the one who put him in this position. Now, I don't right. have any really too many thoughts on Barr. I don't know if he's a patriot or a traitor. But John Durham was 100% a legit good dude. But I think right. John Durham went silent for a long time there. He had some health problems. And I think that he was basically approached by these people and said, listen, you can do your report. You can say anything you want. But if you bring any of these people in to subpoena them or if you indict any of these high-level people, Barack Obama, John Brennan, Hillary Clinton, uh, James Comey, any of these people, then uh, you're going to have some tragic accidents within your family. And that's how these people operate. And I think that John Durham gave in to the pressure. And that's why right. he took so long. And, but, but here's the key is it's not over. It's not over. Right. I'm going to talk about that when we come back on the break. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. It's a birthday. We're back on the Dark Delight Show. So, Jim, <laughs> President yeah. Donald Trump, when he was in office, issued an executive order which has not been rescinded or repealed or withdrawn. This is right. Executive Order 13686, and this has to do with interference elections. with U.S. elections. Yep. Of which any foreign adversary or person domestically that is found to have interfered with U.S. elections can go through a, a massive um, legal um, bout against their property, their wealth. Their wealth becomes basically the property right. of the United States government. Seizing it. Seizing it. Yes. That's right. So interestingly enough is that we have proven in this uh, mm-hmm. last few years – that number one, that 51 members of the intelligence community signed a letter. This letter was basically propagated by Anthony was Blinken. fraud. By, well, by, That's fraud. by Anthony Blinken, who is now the Secretary of State, but then was right. the campaign manager for Joe Biden. He had oh. contacted active duty members of the Central Intelligence Agencies, one of them who is right now the director of the CIA, to basically propagate this letter, which was massive disinformation stating that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. When the director of national intelligence and 17 other heads of the intelligence agencies came out and said, no, it wasn't. It was actually real. And they propagated that letter, which was election interference. It actually swayed 16 points for Biden. So that was election interference right there by those people and active members of the government, as well as people who are in positions of power right now, including Anthony Blinken. Okay, so that's one. They, They signed it, though. They signed their own death warrant. That's right. Then we have the Durham report that comes out and names people like John Brennan, again, uh, Barack Obama, Joe Biden. We have uh, Loretta Lynch. We have James Comey, Rod Rosenstein, uh, Tony McCabe, right? We have all these people, Mm -hmm. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, um, Bruce and Nellie Orr from Fusion GPS. We have all these people that are implicated in this document saying that, yes, they knowingly, knowingly, produced this document, the Steele dossier, knowing that it was manufactured, that it was untrue, 
and propagated it to the FBI, allowed that to get FISA warrants and spy on then-candidate Donald Trump and then-president-elect Donald, Donald Trump, and then do the duly elected president of the United States, of which they continued to spy on, of which led to the Mueller investigation spending $33 million of American taxpayers' money, then to a congressional impeachment of Donald Trump based upon the same information of the Mueller report as well as the Steele dossier, of which was all knowingly false, bunk, fake information. So anybody who took part in the impeachment, anybody who took part in the Mueller investigation, anybody who took part in the, um, the, the, the conspiracy that we just saw there, all involved in election interference and a coup on this country. Now, here's the thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this if, if, if Donald Trump right. wins in 2024, you know darn well that this man is going to say, oh, by the way, this executive order was still in place during this whole time, and under this executive order, I'm ordering the Department of Justice to begin indicting these people on election interference. I think that that's what's going to happen. Well, and, and one of the things, too, I want to point out to everybody, the FISA warrant renewal is coming this summer. So you guys look for that debate to come up and to see if they actually debate this in the real way because this shows that this FISA thing that we were trying out with training wheels, that's why they have to renew it, um, because it has sunset laws, I think that this is this may be the reason that it actually fails this time. Because last time I think it did pass, but wasn't by much. But this is the new renewal on number, uh, you know, every two years. So here's the thing: the sad part of it is, is if we don't give them the renewal, they'll just go do it without warrants, like they've been doing anyway. I mean, here let me give you a, a, an idea of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Ericsson actually owns the network that Verizon and AT and T and whoever buys into. They own the hardwire. So that means when your data is running through there, it belongs to them. That's that's their wire. Your stuff's going through their stuff. And Ericsson is actually a wholly owned European company, and there's more to that. But we we don't realize, like, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent. Sorry, I yeah. apologize. Yeah. Anyway, but there's there's more to it, so – there's a lot more to it, and and what I think will happen when Donald Trump gets in is he's going to have his attorney general um, mm-hmm. basically appoint a special prosecutor that is right. going to look into the Hunter Biden laptop aspect of things as well as call for prosecutions in these matters, and I think that we probably will see it. Now, John Durham's investigation is done, but – what I think we'll see is when Donald Trump does get back in the power, if we still have a Republican Congress, which I hope we do, um, we could potentially see um, indictments come about from this during that time frame. Now, it's highly unlikely. I think what's going to happen is deals are going to be made behind the scenes, and these people are just going to walk free. Uh, unfortunately, that's just the way it happens sometimes in this world. But, but mm-hmm. y- you never know. You never know. I, right. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'll tell you that much. Well, this, the, you know, the whole the whole thing that this has been able to be perpetuated this way, and it took this long for them to bother to even say that. You know, six years later, we're finally getting that. Well, yeah, you guys are right the whole time. So, do I get my six years back? I mean, they're going to add that back to my little time clock they've put into my forearm, like on uh, <laughs> on that just on that one movie. But you know, do I get the six years back? Do we? What money do we get back? Do we get back presidency? Do we get back? authorities elections that were lost to that i mean how does that how do you unring the bell that's see that's the whole part of this okay so they have harmed others right they have armed others so they need to to pay 
their penance for whatever that is. But also, we're to be made whole. And that is as simple as uh, the rule of law really grinds down to. If you have harmed another, you are to make them whole, and then you are to pay for your penalties, right? So my problem is, how do you make this right? There's, let's say there's 100 million Trump supporters out there. How do you fix that 100 million times? How do you fix the last three elections that we've had to go through, not only just the one in 2016, but then there's been three others since then? Those midterm elections, those off-year elections where city mayors and people were lashed to that, oh, Russia, 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 right? So how many times did that really get affected? And then how do you make that right? I mean, is it just like, oh, man, we're sorry. (laughs) We're kidding. Like, that doesn't work. How do I make? How do I get my country back, or how do I get my my faith back in my country? Because we've lost the the faith of the election and the three letter agencies. So when do I? When where do I? Okay, like I guess I go back to how I start the show. Okay, I'm dud fedding. I like said on the commercial. I said I, I'm taking down my Fed decorations and I'm putting up freedom decorations. I, I'm <laughs> I'm. It's no longer Fed season. I'm no longer playing like federal government. I'm I'm done with federal government. I'm gonna go play freedom. And uh, I'm gonna go play over there. You, if you guys want to join me, come on over. Take down your federal, you know, your federal decorations. Put up your freedom ones, and let's just go play freedom for a while. I'm okay with that. I mean, Josh, you you okay with playing freedom? I mean, we've been playing Fed government for a while. Can we do this other thing? I think it'd be great. Well, you're right. Is you know when when do we say enough is enough? And I think that Americans are standing up right now. They're they're beginning the process of fighting back. And I think that that first starts with the expression of uh, of how angry are we are of uh, mm-hmm. expressing our voices and i think that we are in the initial steps now what i'm wondering is why haven't the states responded to the durham report because the states remember texas actually tried to sue uh, the federal government because of the election of Donald Trump in 2020 saying that um, Texas was impacted and the Supreme Court said no, Texas doesn't have any uh, skin in the game, which was absolutely oh. a lie. Yeah, that is. Is, is I'm surprised that uh, – you know, Secretary of State Paxton hasn't stepped forward and said, hey, with the new revelations of election interference in the uh, 2020 election, as well as the findings of the Durham report, we are now suing the federal government for remittance, um, basically saying that uh, Donald Trump should be president. Joe Biden needs to be removed because of the election interference. And then secondarily, they should issue a subpoena or not a subpoena. They should issue indictments within each and every state red state for these people involved in the crimes of the Durham investigation because this was treason and sedition. And see, the thing is, is these states have that ability. They could argue right. that they don't have the ability because these were federal crimes, but guess what? They were also crimes against the state because it undermined their constitutional authority. Right. So I'm wondering why the states haven't acted on this. I guess we'll have to talk I... about that later, guys. Much love, respect, yep. God bless you guys. Jim will be with you for the next hour. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Take care. See you in a minute. There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. 
Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the second hour of your Dark Delight Show here on your Hump Day Wednesday. I don't know why we call it Hump Day. It's really not the middle of the week. I think tomorrow is the middle of the week, but it's the middle of the work week, right? Because we've designated that the last day of the week and the first day of the week are the days we take off, but then we realize that maybe the 28-day calendar actually works better for us, and I don't know. All right, well, anyway. All right, guys, it's Hump Day, and it's a, it's the long version on Mondays and Wednesdays here in the Dark Delight Show, so thank you guys so much for being here. I know that I, I kind of went off earlier today because I was talking about the this. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm done with the feds. I I mean I don't know how else. I mean I guess today was kind of it when they when I hear these people and these are educated minds. These are people who spend an enormous amount of time you know um, memorizing and regurgitating information to get a little piece of paper after multiple years of of uh, indoctrinization. But they, they these are educated minds, right? These are people who have obviously you know thought that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And they're out there just, just like bemoaning the whole idea, like, oh, we're just gonna, it's gonna be so bad. And then, and then, it's, I'm like, what do you, you know, what do you think this is now? I don't get this. I mean, I, I just went to, uh, and I, and I, and I went to Florida last week to go to the Clay Clark event and, uh, Durrell, uh, Florida, which the Trump Durrell uh, hotel was amazing. Beautiful place. Uh, I was really honored to be a part of that and and to meet a lot of great people. Um, but going across this country, as I was going across parts of the freeway that literally felt like dirt roads, uh, some of the and I'm gonna let me ask you a quick question on the side of this. Aren't we supposed to straighten the curves and flatten the hills, kind of like the Dukes of Hazard song? Why don't we think that having these S curves and I don't know. Anyway, it just, it just drives me crazy when I'm driven back and forth. But anyway, the idea that we have fuel now, that when I started out doing a lot of this, because uh, I, I was on the radio, and, uh, and, I, and I started out doing a Saturday evening show, and then uh, things kind of took off with COVID, and I started doing a daily update. And, you know, gas was less than two bucks. I mean, to fill up the truck was like pff, nothing. You know, I was like, this is great. I just don't... Just to just to do little things here and there, not that I was like trying to I wasn't driving at five thousand miles a day or anything, but just to be able to know you can get in your vehicle and go somewhere and you really didn't have to think about the gas portion of it. But when I traveled down because I took my studio equipment with me down to Florida and, and you know because it's okay to put it on the airplane, you know to get an airplane ticket and then get the luggage and all this other stuff, there's a, it's just a lot of expense so and they start charging by the pound, just some weird stuff they do on a cargo stuff. Anyway, all right, anyway, beyond that. But to see that gas could, could be almost $4 in some states. And as I'm going past, you know, I'm seeing the exit signs. You know, they got the big, the great big towering signs for Loves and TA and Bucky's. And if you guys haven't visited Bucky's, by the way, and I know you guys are in upstate New York, but if you ever get to the Gulf Coast region, which is really where the Bucky's are across our country, they're up into Dallas, but they really stay low right down. I think there's a, I think there's some in North Carolina or even maybe a little bit north. Anyway, Bucky's are it's a Walmart convenience store, but it's not Walmart. It's just the size of like an original Walmart, and it has like a hundred gas pumps. 
and I'm not even kidding you. If you 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 will automatically go to it when you see it going down the road. If you ever have opportunity, it's called Bucky's. Anyway, but I, you see all these different gas stations, right? And you're seeing these prices, and they're like, why is it so much more expensive here? And then 50 miles down the road, it drops by 30 cents, 40 cents. And then, you know, but anyway, but the idea that I was paying less than two bucks a gallon when I first started out doing this because we had Trump in there creating the energy energy independence we have now, you know, this is this is why I want to I, I want to quit this whole thing, this whole agreement. I don't know why it is that we we're faced with these differences and and how what it takes to do our daily jobs to be to exist. None of this makes sense. None of it does. This whole thing with like I said, I want where, where are my reparations for for this whole thing with the the Russia 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 part? When do I get that? How do I get paid back? How does Comey or you know, uh, Nadler or Shift or Hillary or her daughter or I mean, even Bill Barr. How how do we? Because Bill Barr even see that's I'm out on Bill Barr too. There's some things he did that I was okay with, but then there's a couple of things he said right after the election, like suck it up, Buttercup kind of stuff after the election. So I really didn't my my opinion even really got tainted then. But you know, this is a problem. Where is my reparations coming from? Is it coming from the federal government? Well, you know that money's fake anyway. So, why well, don't you give me some fake money for my fake reparations? To because you faked my election. I mean, what does it really cost them anyway? If they printed a trillion dollars and gave it to Jim Price right now, what did it really cost them? Now, granted, if I had a trillion dollars, I mean, I would try to be doing. I would be just doing some amazingly cool stuff that would be helping humanity move themselves forward and and eliminate you know the shackles right because that's that's to me would be the most important thing but i i digress in this whole thing this whole thing with the plot of uh this whole thing with the fisa warrants and i mean it's all so interconnected even till today you know i i don't know guys i i just don't want to play fed government anymore i don't want to play i'm i, I want to get out i can, I, don't, I don't it can i just Am I allowed to just quit? You guys can go ahead and play. I mean, I just want to go home, right? I don't want to play. Uh, you know, I'm kind of getting. I'm kind of getting. Uh, you know, my little poochy lip going. My bottom lips pooching out. I'm done. I just want to. I just. I'm. I'm kicking rocks, man. I'm out. I don't want to play fed government anymore. I'm out. Because I. Because the thing is, is if I keep playing and I keep doing this, it's not going to get any better. I'm not going to, there's not going to, you know, the Monopoly money is not going to make me happier at the end of the Monopoly game. I had to destroy everybody around me. So it's just Monopoly money. What do we care? Like, what, can we just stop playing Fed government? I want to play, I want to quit. You know, I want to take down my Fed government decorations. I'm, I'm, I'm moving out of that phase of my life. I, you know, I'm taking down the rock posters off of my, my bedroom wall, right? I'm, you know, I'm going to start putting up inspirational stuff or, you know, scenic, uh, you know, hanging pictures or something, right? I'm, I'm changing my life now. I don't want to play Fed government anymore. I'm out. And I think that's okay. I think we should be able to just say, you know what, we're done. You guys really screwed it up. I appreciate the effort, you know, but you guys just did not work out. You just didn't do what we thought you'd do. We're going to go ahead and take it on the chin. I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for the debt. I I know it's about a hundred and ten trillion dollars of debt. I know you say it's only thirty one trillion, but we all know the truth, right? We know what the backside is. So we'll figure it out here. We're just gonna we're gonna take a minute. We want to pause and uh, we, we you know bye. And because here's here's the thing, you know why I know that it, we won't feel a thing. 
we won't feel a thing that's any different at all, is because a city, county, and state have the exact duplicate offices of the federal government. Oh, no, 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 guys, listen, you... Now, I get it. Some little cities, you know, and some little counties, you know, there's only so much money to go around, and we don't have an EPA here. I get that. But you get into any city of any size, and we're talking like 10, 20,000, immediately the government just gets overburdensome. That's why people like to live in rural areas, you know, because they just don't have, there's just all this government doesn't exist. But why I think if we got rid of the feds, we just quit playing fed government, we're all just going to quit playing feds, we're, we're done. Why I think that we wouldn't even notice it, because, <laughs> well, the city, county, and state have those same offices, and they would just absorb those taxes. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even blink an eye. Oh, no, they would keep that money. Don't you think they're going to give you any free funds on those taxes? Because, see, the problem is, is until you replace them, they're going to continue to abuse you. And that's the world we're living in, is that we realize that this abuse from us is, is self-imposed. We're, we're abusing ourselves. Why is gasoline twice and three times what it was just a few years ago? Why is it that we're we're okay with these things when we know that that right there, just in this, and I guys, there's just two heads of the sword, right? I know that, that this has to happen to get rid of this Fed currency. I know that, okay? But the exact same time while I'm saying that, I'm like, hey, let's just not go back. We don't have to reset. We just, we just, change trajectories altogether. We just walk away from those denim dollars. Those little rectangles made of denim paper. We don't need to go back to it. We just walk away. And that's that right there is exciting. I mean that's that's it, right? But I know we have to have this whole thing crash and I get it. But I'm just kinda like, hey, you know, let's just let's just do it. We're just let's just we're done. Right? Uh let's go ahead and run out the RPMs on it. Let's put the floor put it to the floor Let's just burn this thing up, get this, get a rod to throw out the sidewall of the engine there, get a piston to break, something. And let's just go and understand that we this, this big government that we have actually been living under, and we, we don't even realize, <laughs> we don't even realize how burdensome the government has really become. And if you go back to your Declaration of Independence, you go back to reading your Constitution, which I, I've, I've almost begged you guys, and I don't know, you know what i got to do, but... You know, when a government becomes too burdensome, it is your job to replace it with one that is not. But this is the life cycle of a government, too. There's, this has all been proven through decades of research and all that good stuff. This is the life cycles of government. We're in the middle of that, but we want to come out on the other side where we, we don't fall into the dark ages. We actually become more enlightened because we are looking at freedoms and liberties differently. And we've got to make sure that we don't allow for those infringements, right, to create those boundaries. All right, guys, we got a commercial break coming up. Uh, we're on WYSL. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, 
shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, here on your extended lunch hour on Wednesday. Uh, Keith, are you there, sir? Uh, yes, uh, during the first hour, very distressed to hear of the conservative losses in Colorado and Florida, and you've been Mm -hmm. talking uh, right along today about just politely, just simply walking away from the federal system. Uh, Here's the answer. Uh, We know how bad and evil and treacherous all of the lefties are, but the big betrayal, uh, and here it goes, uh, it's by tens of millions of our fellow citizens who will not get up and do the right thing. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said unequivocally that... uh, the, the rebellion has to uh, brew up every once in a while. That the, 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 the tree of liberty must be watered with bloodshed. Um, right. We uh, we are not getting the government because we don't have two million men or women. I don't care the sex uh, marching on Washington, guns in hand, uh, ready to take back our government. So. Right. Um, I'm going to uh, cut my throat here, and I'm going to say the <laughs> obvious. Uh, the right. left, starting with Biden, they have to simply be marched out and executed, publicly shot. I don't care if I get the Secret Service knocking on my door in 20 minutes. Biden and the rest of them, Mayorkas, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, Schumer, Pelosi, take them out and shoot them. And if the rest of you can't do it, there are guys like me, whatever the audience thinks of someone like me, will pull the trigger. Biden's got to be executed uh, all of the rest is garbage. These people are traitors. They will never change their thinking. So if I mm-hmm. have to be the first one nationally to say Biden and the rest of the left, all of them, take them out and shoot them. Biden, if you're listening, my name is Keith. I say you die on the spot. 
I would walk up to Biden and shoot him right in the head, no problem. That's what's got to be done. And all the rest of you are just piddling away. There are those of us who could do it, walk right up to Mayorkas, all of them, Merrick Garland, the crooked, corrupt AG, just kill them, Schumer, Pelosi, you name them all, Adam Schiff, they all got to go. They've got to be shot dead. That's the only way we'll get our government back, our country back. Yeah, well, that goes back to the idea of what you're saying is that there's been no accountability, and the problem is is that the the true penalty of treason is actually death. And the problem is is we don't want to have that conversation because we've washed away all of our laws and rules that really made our country great to say, when you do these things, we'll tar and feather you. I mean, we used to – that was a real thing, or run you out on a rail – those are real things, and so when we talk that way, it sounds – they say, well, that's talking extreme, but well, the problem is is that what does the law describe as the penalty for treason? Well, uh, this is the problem, and I'll sum it up here. Uh, mm-hmm. Secret Service could come after me here in Monroe County in New York State. They couldn't if there were $2 million. You've even given me a compliment. Uh, why don't 1,000 Keiths call in? Where are $2 million? I don't care the name. My name happens to be Keith. Where are the two million men, Keith, otherwise females, get your guns? Uh, two million, twenty million. If we marched on Washington, the point is someone like me would be that isolated. I could get a knock on the door by the government G-men and wh- whisked away, and you would never hear of me again. But if we could find right. a way of coming together, armed and fully taking back uh, our country, going to Washington and snuffing out the bad guys, Starting with Biden, I hope Biden hears this. Biden, you've got to die. You are a traitor. If we could get 20 million guys, females in their course, pick up a gun, guys and gals, that's how you take the country back. Kill the left. Kill the left. I I wouldn't even give um, Biden the adjuration of using the A word of assassination. Assassination is too good. He He just needs to be taken out publicly and shot right in the head. And just done with. He's a traitor. Look what he's done. And there's no right. there's no dialoguing with these animals. Oh, all right. So, uh, Keith, uh, I apologize on that. We that I agree with you on the fact that we don't have the accountability within our own government, right? And so we have to sit here and go, okay. Well, what is why is it that we have to say, have this conversation? Here's the thing. The sad part of this is. Let's go to this direction of this whole thing. The fact that we have people that are out there walking around that we know have committed crimes, and there's nothing being done with that, what other conversation can we have than to say, listen, these people have committed treason, and they should be held accountable for that? Well, we shouldn't have to sit here and have this conversation. It's already being being done by those who believe they're the law enforcement, that they are the ones going forward. So my problem is, is that when I say... You know, when Keith has – he's upset about this, and he says this is what's got to be done, we've already failed. The fact that he had to say that out loud and he had to, you know, say, hey, this, you know, I'm who I am, you know, even if you come in, you know, Secret Service, whatever, he was referring – why – even the fact that he had to have that conversation, our con- our constitution and our country is not on the right path. I mean, think about that. That right there defines what he's doing and says, listen, that's a, that's a real problem we have. That he has had to bother to say, listen, these people have been treasonous to the point that they should be executed because that is the that is the penalty for treason, for selling out our government to other people, to taking bribes, all these other things. 
the fact that none of that is being prosecuted, but we know that if you are going down the road and a cop with a LIDAR gun that may or may not be calibrated accurately can target you and say you were exceeding the, the allowed speed limit and you don't pull over when the lights go on, they can send out spike strips and a helicopter and 15 police cars, and they'll pit maneuver you and throw you in a ditch and they'll pull their guns out. But yet we have people in our government that we know have sent men into battle and have destroyed our financial futures and stolen from us and our and our ability to be prosperous in the future. And then we have to go, well, Keith, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, why are we, why are we touching the brake? The problem is, is this, if our country was actually doing its job the way it should be doing it, these people would have already been prosecuted long before we had to get to the point where we find out about Burisma and Ukraine and Uranium One and all the other stuff and the Hunter Biden laptop and the Anthony Weiner laptop that's still out there. So this is a problem, guys. It's like, why is it my country has turned into this? It's because we didn't stand a post, because we didn't do our part to be able to patrol the borders, and we did not make sure that those that wanted to be here really wanted to be here because America is a great place. Not to take advantage of it, not to, to abuse it, not to, to use uh, their ways on us, but to be a part of America. And so now we look back and we say, okay, well, how did we get here? Well, how did we get here? We destroyed the family unit. And that's the easiest way to destroy any country. It's through propaganda. It's through the manipulation of minds and, and, and ethics and beliefs. If you actually spent time reading the Constitution, you would actually feel more spiritual than you do right now. If you actually spent time to really work through those words and really understand what those words mean and, and read your Declaration of Independence and really read the grievances on the Declaration of Independence, read those. What was, what, what was those grievances they had? See, you got all these examples to be amazing and why it is the government's limited by the Constitution. You have all this, uh, you have this spiritual effect that these are God-given rights and alienable rights that can never be taken away whether you're a good person or a bad person, that you are innocent until proven guilty by a jury of your peers, people that know you individually. They know who you are. They're your coworkers, your church members. They're you know, the guy next door. They're your family. But see, we've changed all that. We've allowed these little rules and little wiggles of this and that, and now we find out we don't have a jury of our peers. We find out that our Second Amendment really is only good enough if we can apply and that if we jump through the little hoops that makes them feel good, that we can somehow have gun ownership because that's how that works. So the problem is is that we have given away these things and we, we have to stand a post. We have to be the difference makers. We have to be the sentinel for our own freedom. And now we're sitting around going, okay, well, is Keith wrong for saying what he says? Well, no, he can't be wrong because he just basically said, I just want, I want these, these tyrants, these treasonous people to be shown as the example of you don't do this to our country. These are the penalties under the law. What did he say that was inaccurate about what treason, the, the act of treason? What's the payment for treason? So that's the part where you have to think about those things. And it's too bad that we have to have that conversation. We have failed exponentially for the future of this country if that's a conversation that we are having right now. That ties right back into it, right? So this is what you got to do, right? You got to figure out where you're going to be. Where is it going to be? Where are you going to be when, it, when time comes that are you going to wait till the till the knock is on your door or your neighbor's door or down the street? 
mean, when is it, when is it going to be time for you? And uh, real quick, I want to talk about uh, we do have a, an event coming up, and it's going to be the Sunday before 4th of July, July 2nd. We're going to be in New York, me and Josh. We're going to be there, and I want you guys to look it up. Go to the WYSL.com uh, there and check them out, and make sure that uh, you respond that you're going to go so we know how many people to plan on. But we got this event coming up. It's going to be really cool. Look it up on the WISL uh, webpage. Uh, I've got it on my Facebook page. Josh has got it on his Facebook page. But anyway, guys, let us know you're coming. Come early, stay late, enjoy yourself. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So right there at the beginning of July, right before the 4th of July, we're going to be visiting you guys. I'm Jim Price and the Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back. Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to WYSL, your Dark Delight show here, your extended lunch hour on Mondays and Wednesdays. And so we, we continue to go down this path of, you know, I, I started the whole show out today. I just, you know, like I'm, I'm putting up my decorations for, I'm going to go ahead, well, I'm going to burn my Fed, my Fed government decorations. I just don't want to go back to that anymore. I'm not going to celebrate it. I'm going to be uh, anti-Fedite, I guess I would be. Is that what I, is that what I would be? Is a I'm an anti-Fedite. Is that a? <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to play Fed government anymore. I don't. Wanna... So again, this is a situation where we have to we have to apologize for you know the fact that we really have not done a good job at you know making sure liberties and freedoms were insured. Well, yeah, that's not too much to say. Hmm. Yeah, I get it. So. Uh, what was it? I was wanting to read something here for you, and I did. You guys uh, hear about uh, that? You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She said I, I saw her on her uh, a clip of her interview with um, the uh, the governor or the mayor of D.C., the D.C. police commander, and somebody else. And uh, oh, and she she just like uh, let me read the article real quick. A committee of oversight and accountability held its second oversight hearing on Tuesday, inviting Mayor Bowser. Uh, and I, why do I always go back to that, the Bowser and, um, oh, there was a sitcom back in the early eighties, late seventies or what it was. Anyway, there was a Bowser in there. Oh, welcome back Carter. I think there was, I think it was a Bowser. Anyway, uh, I, that, I don't know why my references go back to that, but anyway, that's where we're going. So mayor Bowser and the U S attorney, uh, for the district of Columbia, Matthew Graves to answer questions regarding the city's rising crime rate. D.C. Police Chief Robert uh, Conti and D.C. City Administration Kevin Donahue were also present at the hearing. The House GOP blasted D.C. U.S. Attorney uh, and January 6th led prosecutor uh, Matthew Graves for his low prosecution rate on real crimes while at the same time abusing his office by deliberately prosecuting nonviolent protesters from January 6th. Now, see, this whole thing is is very personal for me, too, as well, because I've had a lot of January Sixers on my show. And, in fact, I've had Je- uh, Jeremy out of Florida. He actually called from – he's called in from prison a couple times or from jail to talk to me. Uh, they are th- – this whole thing 
is absolutely showing you that the DOJ is just corrupt as all get out. Uh, these people are prisoners of war. They're being held again without bail. They're not able to go free. Some have been allowed bail, which is the really weird part. Some of them that like you like, why did you get bail? Uh, and then other ones are like, why can't you get bail? Uh, they don't. There is no consistency. There is no going by. By the way, it's. Did you know that bail is actually described in your constitution? Oh yeah. No no no. no. You guys, it says bail, even capital murder. At discretion. So even capital murder uh, arrests can actually get bail. Now, it's on a discretionary basis, but all crimes, including capital, that's how it's written, including capital murder, gets bail. But these people are said that they were actually trespassing. But here's the thing. To be trespassed and to have trespassed Ing. I don't know how you trespassing, but anyway, so to say that you were trespassing, you would have to have been trespassed to continue to have been trespassing, trespass the trespassed. I, I don't know if that made sense or not, but anyway, that's you. That that's how that works because there's a, a basically a warning given, and then you're allowed to vacate. That's how it works. You just don't get banged with the crime right up front. But by the way. A standard trespass charge is like a $25 fine plus court costs, which is like a million dollars. But anyway, do you see where I'm going with this? Like this whole thing just – and I, guys, I built the defensive systems for that building. I know I've designed, built, and trained the military for those defensive systems in the building, and you're not getting in there. And then if you do get in there, you're, there's airlocks and redundancies and all kinds of stuff that goes on. This is just, you don't get in the building, man. You don't get in the Senate chamber. You don't get in the House of Representatives chamber. You don't get into Pelosi's office. It was all set up. It was all staged. Just so they could have this as a political narrative to make their base feel good. That is it. That is all this is about is just so that they can get a few more campaign dollars and so they can go to their own constituents, their own side, their own echo chamber, and they can be cheered. Yay, way to prosecute them. Oh, yeah, get those Trumpers. This is leftover hate from Trump. This is like vitriol for Trump because Trump, Trump made it bad. Bad man Trump. Orange man bad. You've heard all of this stuff. And this is all it is for. There's no justice being served. When there is no victim, there is no crime. Your, your Supreme Court has deliberated that and has re responded to it. I think it's either 12 or 13 times. The city, county, state, and the federal government cannot be the victim of a crime. But yet we see this going on where we have paper crimes that we're prosecuting. We're, we're doing things that really there was no victim here. And to say that being trespassed is the victimization of a building, I don't think that's quite how that works. See, the problem is, is if they haven't been, if you, if you were to then, you know, if you're walking through an open door, if you go in and you walk in there once, you know, and you walk in and you walk out, you've done no harm. Now, there's a possibility that you could actually be charged with breaking and entering because the problem is is that you were entering a, a domicile you weren't invited to, and yeah, I get it, but not trespassing. 
Do you see how this this is how like right in your face? It's deliberate to make you feel like you're dumb, like you're a lesser than that. They don't even consider you as as even being reasonable, you know, intellect to be able to discern for yourself. And so they're going to call it trespass because that's that seems that seems sexy enough. Because breaking and entering B and E, that's really like a nothing crime at the city level as well. And so when you look at this whole thing and how you continue to understand that this is all about humiliation, it's all about you know that that makes them feel good. This is what makes these people happy. This is think about how deprived that really is. They get hap, they draw happiness. Now they'll get on behind a podium with a little placard on the front and go, "Now I do not gain any happiness from prosecuting a sixty-four-year-old woman with cancer. Um, my job is to uphold the law and do what is best for our community." Now we've all heard that little spiel. But there's a 60-some-year-old, I think she's a 60-some-year-old grandmother who's in cancer treatment that will be refused cancer treatment while serving her prison sentence. They're basically executing this woman. And this is a real thing. There are other people who have committed suicide going into uh, the plea bargain process or the sentencing process because they were, they're, 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 they're being over-pursued. Now, granted, it, I think a fine would be too much. I think that this whole thing is absolutely too much. But guys, remember, they gave them another billion dollars in the last spending bill last year. They gave, Nancy Pelosi gave an extra billion dollars to the DOJ for prosecution of January 6th participants. They gave them another billion dollars. The Department of Justice got earmarked specifically for January 6th prosecutions and this same person, the same person, this this uh, prosecutor, I think it's a, I think it's Kevin Donahue, is that right? Yeah, the, he's already made a statement that says, I'm going to arrest another thousand January 6th participants. Now, we also know that there was over 500 federal employees, agitators inside of January 6th group. Inside the January 6th group, there was an, a, over 500. This is what they've admitted so far. This is what they admitted. Now, by the way, I think we should look into, what I think someone should do is subpoena or at least do a, uh, a open documents request to the overtime that was approved for that Saturday. Because if you're going to have all those employees on the clock, well, they're going to have to p- apply for overtime. Because they get paid Monday through Friday. They don't get paid for Saturdays, and that's overtime. And if anything we know about federal workers union, we don't do federal workers, you know, union. They don't do they don't do Saturdays unless it's time and a half. And then because it would be overtime, it would be Saturdays but time and a half plus it's another I think it's either another quarter or another half. So you're basically getting paid double time. Sundays are like quadruple time. It's ridiculous, guys. But listen, I want someone to subpoena the the employee records, the employee payroll for all federal workers. I'm talking about all federal workers, and yeah, you'd have to go back and sift back through to see who was really in the D.C. area. But I would subpoena the the, the records for uh, the all employees' records for that whole week of January sixth, and then look through, then go back and look at the overtime approved for that January sixth, and then who signed for that approval, and then also subpoena the command center, the emergency command center that's operating the command center for that building. Whoever that general was that was operating the emergency command center, that general needs to be subpoenaed and, and actually answer to why he allowed those doors to be unlocked, why he turned off the security systems in that building, 
why he purposely allowed that to happen, because physical security is actually a greater priority than you realize, like blast-proofing, bullet-proofing, stuff like that. So subpoena that general. I want to know who was in charge of the command center that day. And it wasn't the Capitol Police. It wasn't the Capitol Police. It wasn't the D.C. Police. There's a, there's a, I guarantee you there's a military installation that was actually managing that. I want to have a conversation with that general and what he was told. What was he told? Who told him to turn those systems off? But here it is. We got uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's doing her thing. I got a little side line there. But according to the D.C. Chief Police, we who are charged with uh, um, people who are uh, charged with murder have been arrested on average 11 times more uh, before committing a homicide. This is the D.C. Chiefs. So that's how bad the, G- the D.C. crime rate is, is that they've been arrested 11 times before they commit a murder. They're still in the streets, but we're going to go after January 6th, right? All right, guys, we got a commercial break coming up. I'll be right back. Hey, guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. You know I like my chicken fry. Cold beer on a Friday night. Uh, all right. Yeah, welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. Yeah, I'm going to go get me some uh, cast iron fried chicken tonight. I'm going to enjoy it. I like I like good old just, just the good stuff. You know, guys? Come on now, think about that. 
Why do we put why do we put crap into our face and expect something to be amazing on the other end? But we know that we can get stuff like cast iron ch- fried chicken. Why don't we just eat that way? And here's the thing: that's the healthy way to eat. E- using lard, using tallow to cook with. Everything they talk, okay, guys, they're telling us, like, oh, man, that soul food stuff, man, I'm making you sick and die. Well, now, there's probably some stuff to that. I mean, there, there's there's a little bit of the, you know, there is a little bit of processed food in some southern food, but or comfort food. I don't even want to say southern. I say comfort food because everybody has their own comfort food, and it doesn't matter if you're from Maine or you're from Arizona. There's comfort food, right? But why don't we just go back to the good old days of just eating butter and eggs and some fat back? They don't have mRNA in it, or eggs that don't have a bunch of in it. Let's go back to eating butter and lard and cookies made with bacon soda and flour and sugar and a little bit of vanilla and some butter. Let's go back to whipped cream that's actually just exactly what the dang thing says on the side of the package. Whipped, you know, whipped cream that is cream that has been beaten to air has been encapsulated into it calling it whipped cream can we just do that can we get rid of the soybean oil can we get rid of all the estrogen based junk i mean there's way to make self-stable food that's not put they'll put processed stuff in there but oh, you know, I don't know because we're so dang smart. We figured out technology through the science of chemistry and everything else. We'll make it taste like saffron. You know, there's fake saffron because saffron is so expensive. It's a, it's the little part of a flower. But what if we just went back to donuts that were donuts, not soybean fried? You know, ugh chemical-based whatevers. Can we just get dough? Is dough so expensive? Is flour and uh, water and butter and, you know, either yeast or, you know, baking soda? I mean, is it really that expensive that we have to fake flour dough or donut dough? Do we have to fake it? Do we? Come on, guys. I mean, seriously, who lets a donut last very long anyway on the counter? I mean, seriously, and if it goes bad, then, hey, you missed out. All right, move on. Or eat a, eat a crusty one. It's okay. Who said donuts have to be soft and chewy? Who said couldn't they be like a pretzel, like a dried pretzel, right? But why can't we just go back and – is it so is it so hard to make stuff just real? Can we not just not put the chemicals in there that I can't pronounce? I mean, why do I have to sh- you know, wash my hair with shampoo that has 12 chemicals I've never heard of? And I've, I've worked on industrial, industrial sites before, like, you know, cetane and biodiesel and ethanol plants. And there's chemicals in these things that they have in your food or in your hair shampoo that's not real. Why can't we just have real stuff? I mean, is the real stuff that bad? Because that stuff sounds worse than I can't even pronounce this 20-lettered whatever you put together. I mean, guys, we go back to just having good food. That's nothing wrong with that. Ain't it, it ain't nothing. And that's the stuff that's going to save your life. By the way, your low-fat, low-salt diet is what's killing you. I'm having to introduce salt into my diet because I literally just didn't eat it because they said, hey, you know, don't eat salt. It'll make you die. Oh, okay. Cool. Thanks, Doc. 
Thanks for going to you know $100,000 with education and your life and all that to, to tell me a lie. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Celtic salt was absolutely essential for my body to operate. We are salt water. Hello? Don't drink the salt water. But I take sea salt on everything. Sea salt goes on my on my pretzels, and it goes on my salad, and it goes on my meat. I use sea salt for everything. But don't you dare tell me you're sea salt. Because you are sea salt, right? You're sea salt, but don't... Anyway. Celtic salt, though, is amazing. It's got magnesiums in it that you don't get anywhere else. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. But let's go back to it. Why can't we just eat a donut that's dough and in a circle and it's fried in lard and it literally has the taste cessation through the lard, through the ingestion in your body, and it takes away the hunger. Whereas the soybean oils and all the other fake junk, our bodies are throwing the chemistry set off. They don't know what they're getting. They think that the fake sugar stuff, the antifreeze you're eating, is actually sugar, so it sends out things to take on the sugar, but they're not there. Then you have an insulin spike, and you have all this crud because you're using this fake sugar. But why can't we just have real stuff? Stop feeding me junk. It's my birthday. That's why I want cast iron fried chicken. And I don't know if they're doing it in lard, but I, I, I imagine they are. But I'm telling you, it's just, why can't, what, well, you know, grandma and grandpa, they, they ate that stuff every day. They were eating that. They were eating the, they ate the fat on the pork chop. I remember when I was a kid, man, there was nothing better. Then getting the pan, uh, Marge would make these gas, uh, gas, <laughs> glass um, pan, she the Pyrex dish, put pork chops in there before we go to church, had the time bake. You know, we thought we were scientists, like we had nailed like the convenience button of life by having time bake. We'd set it for time bake. We'd leave to go to church, come back. Oh, the house smells like pork chops and uh, baked potatoes. And that little piece of fat on the back there, well, then everybody started saying, oh, you can't eat that fat. It makes you fat. Man, that was the best part. And then it got cut off. Who cut that off? Sell me the fat. I'm okay with it. And if that's what they're saying now. You talk to Jordan Peterson. You talk to his daughter. You talk to all these other scientists. The good stuff is the stuff they tell you is bad. If it comes on an aisle in the grocery store, don't put it in your face. So that means you got to buy fat. you got to buy butter. And pork chops and bacon and good stuff. Not the box stuff. But that's the reality of it, right? So this is my birthday. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go eat some good food that is actually good for me. Even though it's fatty and it's got crust on it and all that other stuff, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to eat mashed potatoes with white gravy to the point where I'm going to probably not be able to breathe. Because it's a family-style restaurant, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, you go there... You get the chicken, and you're like, oh, do you want the green beans, mashed potatoes? You know? And I'm like, oh, fried okra and mashed potatoes and gravy and bring it, right? Oh, and then their potatoes are like these. They're the sliced potatoes they throw in the fryer right there. They just slice them. And they, and I don't know, the cottage chips or something or whatever. And they're not, they're, they're still a little greasy, and that's okay. And I'm going to enjoy that because it's my birthday, and you should too. And don't believe in the no-salt diet. Don't believe in the no-fat diet because that's what's killing you. Did you know if you don't have meat in your mouth when you're eating meat, you will not digest the meat. 
You have to have fat in your mouth in eating the meat at the same time. Because why? Because the fat helps you break down the meat. It's part of the chemical process of digestion. You have to have the fat with the meat. That's why ribeyes are so good. And that's why you feel better after you eat a ribeye because it's marbled with a lot of fat in it. And that's where we go wrong with this whole thing. The reason you get indigestion after eating a sirloin is because there's hardly any fat on it. You can actually die eating rabbit because there's no fat in the meat. Yeah, you can you just you can just eat all the rabbit you want. And you're not going to have any nutrition out of it. So the idea that these are all these things that they told us wrong. This is that medical tyranny. This is the medical abuse that we got went through. We didn't have to go through all this stuff. We have to be inflamed. We could be free. I'm going to play freedom from now on, guys. I'm telling you, I'm just going to. That's the direction I'm going with life. I don't want to play the Fed uh, government game anymore. I want to be freedom game. All right, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around on your extended hour here on WYSL. I'm your host, uh, Jim Price. You guys have a great night. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.